Good morning, Rabbi. Morning, Joe. There's a lot of talk in the news about Gogol. Is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? And the, uh, uh, the viability of artificial machine intelligence. But what does that do with the soul? Do machines get souls? Do bodies that uh, translate to another form retain their souls? Joe, you're, you're asked the question that Google has raised, and it's a question that's in the news. And in a lot of our thinking, reading science fiction, for throughout my entire life and being a big Dick Tracy fan, among other things. And as a, an aside, now that I have an Apple Watch, it's except for the picture, it, I'm, Dick Tracy had one of those. So uh, science fiction explored what we call artificial intelligence, sentient beings, a hundred years ago and more. However, the difference now is we're seeing it. It's now possible where when I was younger, and read about it, it was all imagined. But now it's really happening. And I think that's worthy of a discussion is what constitutes intelligence? What constitutes a self-aware being? And this brings religion in and religion just clouds the issue. Let's be honest, Joe, it's all made up. We're making up and then we're killing each other and fighting over something we made up. Look at the history of intelligence itself and how we, we degraded individuals who were deaf or unable to speak or had memory loss. Look at historically the arguments we made to demonstrate that they weren't human, that there was something wrong with them or they were defective in some way. And even the Bible, Joe, it talks about sacrifices in Solomon's temple a priest who had a limp couldn't do sacrifices, any type of a handicap, any type of a blemish. And we now recognize that as blatantly wrong. At the time, it made sense to the people who wrote it. Hey, keep in mind that when the automobile was invented, the people were taught that if a human being went over 30 miles an hour, they would die. And we laugh at that now, but people wanted to stop the automobile. That was true then, based on what we knew. Now we have to re-examine what it means to be a human. And we use the word soul, we throw that around. We want to bring the question back to how much can a machine or an algorithm uh, approach, not just human writing, because it's done that, not just approach these things, but be able to make the decisions that human beings make. And then do we wanna go back to the old way of IQ of, and look at the names we used to call people. They were all derogatory as a way to put people in their place whose intelligence wasn't up to the average or norm. And or they were too intelligent. Well, they were too intelligent and we had to put them down and do something with that. So. There's where we're stuck, Joe, is what measure are we going to use? And we need to put scripture aside for our discussion, because as I said, it's things we've made up. It's based on knowledge at the time it made sense. But now we know more about animals, about porpoises, about elephants. We know more about animal behavior than we did. And so to take standards from a thousand years ago 
is, isn't going to help us. Do you think that's driven in part by fear? We don't want to admit that we're not unique or special or here are the, here are the air quotes, favored in the eyes of the Lord? Absolutely. I think you just, you just summarized it very, very nicely. We want to be at the top of the pyramid. We don't want to admit that there are other creatures on our planet that have qualities that are intelligent, they can communicate, they can use tools. We don't want to admit that. We want to be the best in the top. And then once we believe that, we read it back into scripture. Rather than seeing we're all part of one creation, we want to be supreme and superior. And so with that in mind, we go back to the scripture and we find the passages that would support that view rather than pulling back and saying, let's read the whole passage. What is it saying about our place in the universe, our place in the creation? And who are we and what are we doing? This raises a lot of very scary questions. And I think you hit it, Joe, that's the problem. We're scared. Well, one thing I'm not scared of, Rabbi, and that's your advice and observations. While I am certain somewhere there is a chimpanzee named Caesar plotting mankind's overthrow, I'm sure that with your guidance, we'll weather it. Well, I don't know about Caesar wanting to overthrow the government, but I've seen some of the political cartoons he's drawn. 